episode 23 of the Sharp and the Square podcast, a short Friday slate to get to, but let's quickly recap yesterday, it was a 3-1 and one night, a big night here on the Sharp and the Square podcast, um, we hit on, let's start with Minnesota, because that was the luckiest fucking game of all time that we hit on, and Justin, I, Justin hates when I text him during the games. It drives him insane because, he, I don't know, he doesn't like mushes. He doesn't like jinxes, which I think is total bullshit because I have no effect on the outcome of any of these games, as he well knows. But regardless, he doesn't like when I text him. But we were texting throughout this one. And, you know, Minnesota, they were down for a lot of the second half, but, like, not down by a lot. They were They were in it. They were down five. They were down four, six, you know. They were hanging in the entire game. And then Marcus Carr just took over for them late. And they got lucky. He banked in a three to go up by one. Purdue gets the ball on the other end. We get a travel call on Travion Williams, which was the only call like that all night that Travion Williams had. He was get, having his way all night long until the possession that needed him most. So Minnesota gets the ball back up by one, having to cover two and a half. They get fouled. They make both their foul shots, which I should like surprise, surprise. I swore that was not going to happen. And then on the other end, they choose not to foul and Purdue jacked up a no good three. So we really lucked out with that one. Yeah, bro. We've been in this, um, I don't know, all season long. It's like we're, we're either fucked by missed free throws at the end of the game or like even if we are in the position to cover, they foul. And it's like, ow. So, I mean, we, we, once Kalsher hits, hits the two free throws to go up three, like I'm not celebrating. I know you're not celebrating because I think we both know like there's seven seconds left. They are going to foul. And then they were, Purdue inbounds the ball. Stefanovic has the ball for like a solid four or five seconds worth throwing it up. And it just looked like Kalsher was going to foul and he just never did. And then the shot goes up. No good. Cover. And I mean, we're texting each other back and forth. No foul, no foul, no foul. Um, it was, it was pretty awesome. Um, it was was very lucky, but you know, that's, you get one of those every once in a while. Yeah. And I feel like we, I I mean, I don't know about you, but specifically me, I've been on the wrong end of a lot of those. Um, and yeah, I don't like texting during games because the same way you're crazy and you like, you need to talk through it because you're, the anxiety is stressing you out. It's the opposite opposite for me. It's like, I can't talk about it because talking about it will stress me out more. It's, it's an interesting contrast, but we hit um, shows the the importance of getting the right number because I, I think it was three three and a half a lot of the time but we got two and a half and and uh, a win is better than a push and it's definitely better than a loss so so very happy to hit and start the night with the Gophers and then that brings us to the seven o'clock game which was our loss of the night it was Stanford plus one and a half they lost outright sixty nine to fifty one they really just got smoked throughout this entire game. Yeah, so two things on the game. One, Colorado played the best they've played all season. And when Colorado plays really well, they're a top 15, top 20 team. They can do a, they can score from all different parts of the floor. They've got a, an awesome senior leader point guard, and they're very good defensively. So it was the best game they played all season. The bet was made, and the second unit was thrown down, when Stanford announced that their starting point guard, Dejon Davis, would play. Dejon Davis is an all-Pac-12 caliber player. He averages 14 points and four assists. He brings an element to the offense that with he's with him out, they they don't have. Like he is a, a slasher. He can make the three. He's a great passer. He's there, he's their do everything point guard. But we were told he was gonna play. He ended up not playing. 
And I think that really hurt Stanford. I'm not sure they would have won with him at all, but uh, that was the reason why I was, I was a big reason why I was so heavy on Stanford last night and he ended up not playing, but credit to Colorado. Good win. And then our next of three wins uh, was Oregon. We had Oregon minus, what was that? Two and a half. No, it was Oregon. So we had Oregon plus. Plus one and a half uh, on the pod and then doubled down as a pick like right before tip off when the news came down that Chris Duarte, who was Oregon's best player, was going to play. And on top of that, not only was he going to play, but Arizona State's one of their key players. And I think their most second most important player after Remy Martin, um, Marcus Bagley, who is a, a 40% three point shooter and a great and I think their leading rebounder, when it was announced he wasn't going to play, I doubled down with it as a pick And I think it actually closed Oregon like minus two, minus two and a half. But um, So we got it with the plus value. They won outright anyway. Never really close in this one. It got close within like two or three minutes left. Arizona State got it to within like six. And that was like the biggest sweat it was throughout the entire game. Chris Duarte finished with 18.7 rebounds, four assists. Big win there. And then lastly – we had Washington State, Wazoo State at home against UCLA. They were catching points, two and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. And they won outright. They just, I didn't see that game, but Justin, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched every second. Um, they obliterated UCLA. Then the line was wrong. UCLA was going to be without, uh, I mean, they were without a key player in Jalen Hill. Their starting center, Cody Riley, was obviously banged up. And Washington State's actually a sneaky good basketball team. And they are fully healthy now for the first time all season. They've got a fantastic point guard named Isaac Bonton, a freshman big F.A. Uh, Abogidi, who is a freak of nature athlete, shot blocker, makes free throws, finishes at the rim, just awesome basketball player. And then they've got a bunch of, like, European wings that just knock down threes. This Washington State team is legit. Like, I don't think they're NCAA tournament legit, but, like, nobody wants to go to Pullman. Like, none of these upper echelon uh, teams go to Pullman. And that'll bring us – that'll bring me to a, a play on Saturday when USC visits Washington State. But, I mean, we'll get to that uh, in episode 24. But, yeah, um, Washington State led wire to wire. Uh, they, they were just a better team last night. So, three and one night brings us to Friday night, a small Friday night uh, slate. We're going to break down three games for tonight before we drop our Super Saturday podcast later today. That will cover all of the games that you want to be watching and betting on for tomorrow. But tonight, let's start with St. Bonaventure at VCU. VCU a minus three home favorite against the Bonnies. Justin, do you have anything on this? No play on this one. Feels like a very sharp line. Um, yep. If you remember correctly, VCU was dominating St. Bonaventure in Olean. Um, a few weeks ago, and then St. Bonaventure had an awesome second half, came back, and won the game. Um, now the teams are going down to Richmond to play at, at VCU, and I think that St. Bonaventure has the guard play to be able to handle VCU's pressure, but I, I don't – I mean, I think that it's a very sharp line. Anytime the line opens at a number and stays at that number, like all day, means it was clearly a very sharp line because they're getting the right action on it uh, on both sides. I could see it going either way. Um, I think VCU and St. Bonaventure right now are, along with St. Louis and Richmond, like clearly in the upper class of the A-10, and this should just be a really good basketball game, but I have zero edge. Next up, Georgia Tech at Clemson. We do have a play on this one. Clemson is a four-point home favorite, but we are both on Georgia Tech here, catching points on the road at Clemson. Why? 
So a few weeks ago, um, Georgia Tech destroyed Clemson at Georgia Tech. And I think you could consider that this could be a revenge play, but I'm not really buying it. I think that everything Georgia Tech does offensively and defensively is like the perfect counterpunch to what Clemson wants to do. So Clemson wants to speed up the pace uh, on defense. They want to force turnovers. Georgia Tech doesn't turn the ball over. They've got great, great guards, a senior point guard named Jose Alvarado who just won't turn the ball over. He'll make the right decisions with the basketball. And Clemson wants to force you to take threes if they're not going to force turnovers. Well, Georgia Tech wants to shoot threes. They've got a lot of guys that make threes, and um, they want to shoot them, and they'll, they'll, they'll shoot them at a high percentage. And they've got a big man who's a really good athlete in Moses Wright, which is uh, exactly the perfect counterpunch to Amir Sims, who's Clemson's best player. And then on the flip side, Georgia Tech will play a zone. They will force turnovers. Clemson is not very careful with the basketball, so they will turn the ball over. And Georgia Tech will force you to take threes, which Clemson wants to. They want to shoot threes, but they don't really shoot them at a high percentage. So I, I think the, the matchup really favors Georgia Tech. And even though I, I'm high on Clemson, I know you are too. I think they're a very good basketball team. I just think this is a tough matchup for them. And I think the length and shot making of Georgia Tech makes this a, a really good spot for the Yellow Jackets to, to be very live on the road tonight. Illinois at Nebraska, and now this is a large number. Nebraska is getting 14 points at home here. I don't know if you have a play or not. Usually we stay away. We tend to stay away when the numbers are this big, um, just because it seems unpredictable. Like an Illinois team could blow out Nebraska by 25, or Nebraska could keep it close and you know lose by 13. Like this just seems like a number in the Big Ten that I want no part of. Yeah, you said it, Matt. I mean, Illinois feels like. It feels like Illinois is playing like the best team in the Big Ten right now. Um, and I think at full strength and at, at full potential, I think Illinois is pound for pound the best team in the Big Ten. Uh, and, you know, if Nebraska is not going to be able to slow them down, which I don't think they will, it, it's a spot for Illinois to roll them. But, like, Illinois could also sleepwalk into um, into Lincoln and, and just not give their best effort. And then if they give their C effort, like, do they win by 14? I don't know. Maybe not. So no interest in it. Um, it's a crappy game uh, indicative of the crappy slate. I mean, typically we've at least gotten good Friday night, big 10 games. This is like the first Friday night where we haven't gotten a good big 10 game, but um, happy that Georgia tech is playing happy to have just a little bit of action there in the power conferences. And, and that's really it. It's a small slate, but, but good to not invest so much money because we've got a, a huge one on Saturday. That we do. And before we get to, Saturday, which will be our next podcast. I do have a mid-major mat play for you tonight. Looking to go eight and one on the season in my mid-major plays. Okay. Brace yourself, Justin. Campbell. The Campbell fighting camels. Minus three and a half against South Carolina Upstate. Okay. okay. Let me break this one down for you. This these teams played yesterday. Okay. Campbell won by one at home. They're home again tonight. Campbell won by one yesterday. USC Upstate has a terrible offense. That is really the advantage here for Campbell. Campbell forces a lot of turnovers, and USC Upstate has a just terrible offense. In their one-point loss last night, USC Upstate lost by one. In their one-point loss, they shot 54% from the field. That will not carry over to tonight. They will not shoot 54% from the field again tonight. They will lose again tonight, and they will probably lose by five or six points. That's the handicap here. Now, I am a little weary because Campbell shot 11 from 24 from three last night. They, they had a very good three-point shooting performance. I don't expect that to continue either. But USC Upstate 
is due for a stinker on offense tonight. They're not going to shoot 54%. They shot shot 54% and still lost. They lost by one. They made seven threes to Campbell's 11. Um, They had 13 turnovers to Campbell's six. I think that those trends will continue. Um, USC Upstate will not shoot 54% tonight. Campbell covers three and a half at home. The Fighting Camels. I love it. That's a great handicap, Matt. How about that mascot though? The fighting Campbells or the fighting camels. Uh, it's you know if you're gonna if you're gonna call yourself Campbell, you might as well be the camels. That, that's absolutely right. All right, Justin. Good podcast, short and sweet, but Super Saturday coming up. Uh, that will be dropping later today, so don't miss it because it'll cover all the action for tomorrow. We'll talk soon.